Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of M365 Voice. I'm Antonio Mayo. I'm Sarah Halsey. I am Mike Marlani. And today we're coming to you with another topic. Uh, we're going to actually talk to you about Microsoft Copilot today. So in the last couple of weeks, we've seen some really exciting announcements from Microsoft related to Microsoft 365 Copilot. And then earlier this week, we've heard about Microsoft Security Copilot. So we're going to try to touch on both of those today and talk a little bit about what we think they mean, what the announcements shared with us, and where we think those tools can be can be helpful to us. Um, so An emphasis uh, on the what we think. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point because there's not a lot of actual information released yet. Like Microsoft made some great announcements. There's some really neat videos and they do share some useful info, but there's still a lot to be released. Um, we don't have any technical documentation yet, for example. Mm -hmm. So maybe should we start with what Copilot is? Yeah. Yeah, so so um, I can start and you guys jump in, uh, but why don't we start with Microsoft 365 Copilot? So it is a, I'll say, chat GPT-like capability built into Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, Teams, essentially built into the experience of Microsoft 365 and the apps that we do each day that we can ask questions and have them Help it, have it help us and help it start things for us. Right. Anything so you guys basically, that? it connects um, that large language or the, I think they call it an LLM, large language model, into basically your Microsoft 365 data. So you can um, type in natural language, as we used to call it, questions or statements, or you can, um, for example, point it at, um, uh, one or several Word documents and ask it to create a PowerPoint presentation for you based on the content in those Word documents, and then you can modify from there. So it basically gives you a huge running start to being able to create things and use your data. Yeah, I think basically the idea is uh, focus on productivity more than focusing on where to get the information from, but we know that we are using all these tools on a daily basis, and sometimes we struggle where to find that information. So rather than focusing on going and getting that information, that's what Copilot is all about. It leverage, you set it with the LLM because it, it uses the natural language, and it goes and then it sends all the information to a Microsoft Graph that gets all the data required from whatever you're doing whether you are in the office apps in teams or your outlook so which is pretty pretty cool actually i'm very excited about that and it can actually as it's creating i like to say suggested content uh for you um you can have it do different tone of voice right um so more casual or professional or even personal i know i watched they had a really good um i think it was around 30 or a 40 minute session jared spatero uh, launched it where they actually show demos and you could use Copilot both in work settings and to do things like help me get started on planning a mm -hmm. high school graduation event, right? From writing up invitations to putting together task lists, right? To help give you that running start. And there's all kinds of different tone of voice and styles of communicating that you can uh, ask it to use on your behalf. Yeah, so some of the examples looked really interesting. Like, um, 
draft an email for me that responds to this group and thanks them for all the feedback that they've given. Um, you know, and then you can tell it, um, uh, uh, you know, make it in a more informal tone, like to your point, Sarah, um, and have it actually readjust that for the particular tone you're asking for. Right. Um, and so even do things like make it less wordy and it'll suddenly strip exactly. out a bunch of the content, right? Yeah. You can actually dynamically, um, it's almost like a search engine filtering, but it's live against content suggestions. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna be using it quite a bit, uh, especially in Word, because I go and write documentations, and some nights I'm like on fire and doing a lot of documentations and writing everything, and then some days I'm like I've done something for some client somewhere that I can really really use, and I don't remember which client. So I'm very excited to go and start using Copilot so it can get me that information. Probably I've written it before, but I could not find it somewhere in my thousands of files uh, in my OneDrive. I may need to start working on blog posts in Microsoft Word rather than the platform that I host my blog on. So that way it can help me with take content that I've leveraged before and help me mm -hmm. put together a blog post and suggest language and it saves you from looking at a blank screen, gives yeah, you something exactly. to react to and start with, which as we know as content creators is often the hardest part. That's right. Just getting started. Once you're started, like you, you, you know, you can be off to the races and be really productive and right? but that that initial getting started or developing some sort of a structure to put what you're thinking mm -hmm. into, that's sometimes the hardest part. Um the, the one of the examples that really resonated with me was um, you know, you've received, and I, I mentioned a moment ago, but it just, it really impacted me where if I receive a bunch of emails on a particular topic from lots of different people, and I need to respond to each of them individually, right? And, and it's almost a, a form response where it's a lot of copy paste, new email, mm -hmm. copy paste, new email, copy paste, go and change the name, you know, the name on the email. There's lots of that that sometimes happens. Having it be able to actually respond to a bunch of people with something thanking them or uh, responding to their feedback, having it draft those emails is brilliant because it's a it's a task that I, I have to do semi regularly and it's just it's so time consuming and it's so manual. So if it can, it looks like it can help with that use case, which would be brilliant, right? Exactly. Um... I like the idea of, of uh, a recap in a meeting if you are late as well. Yeah. Uh, so if you attend a, a meeting that is late and then you've been behind back-to-back -back meetings and you want to catch up rather than just interrupting everyone and say, what did I miss? Uh, which I do that quite often. So you can just go and say, hey, give me a recap, which is pretty cool. I love that. So maybe it would be helpful for us to talk about some of what we've seen or heard as examples of how you could use Copilot in real life situations to help people conceptually understand what we might be able to use Copilot for. Um, one of the examples that I loved was I'm when I attend a meeting or I think about a project, I tend to write things in outline form. Um, and one of the cool things that you can use Copilot for is take this outline and in Microsoft Word, create, uh, and you can be specific, create a two-page draft um, in text based on this outline. And it will just draft it for you, and then you can go from there and edit it. Similar to that, like, we'll write up, 
you know, a strategy and advisory documents for clients. And then I'll have to create a presentation to present it to some executives. So the one of the other use cases is like create a 10 slide presentation based on this Word document and include some relevant photos, right? That to have it start that, interpret the document, at least give you a starting point of, okay, here's a summary broken down into 10 slides, hopefully touching on the key points and giving you a draft of that that you can then edit. That too would be really, that'd be a big time saver. And yeah, if we tie right. that into what Mike was saying, we could actually ask Copilot in Microsoft 365 to summarize this team's meeting and then create a presentation off of what we've talked about about Copilot. Exactly, because you both touched on that. It's sometimes you struggle to start a draft, whether that is a PowerPoint presentation, how you want to design it, or a document. You just want to just start something, and then it the ideas come right away. Uh, yeah. So having Copilot to kind of kickstart that thing for you, that would be really awesome. It will save you yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, I love the what? Excel features because. Some of you may know that this is not my area of strength. Uh, so being able to type in a few words and being able to tell it what to do to summarize uh, my data in Excel, right? And to be able to tell it, you know, break down this information by this particular variable and then create a chart for me in Copilot. I can type that up. I have a hard time figuring out how to slice and dice that information and generate the chart myself. So it gives me a starting point. Yes, I agree. Uh, I actually built like a mini library for me uh, for Excel formulas uh, just because I use Excel a lot during migrations and you have to kind of build your formulas in Excel to kind of massage the data and everything else. So for me, rather than every project typically has a unique formula a little bit different than the, the, the other project. So I used to go and hunt and because I don't remember exactly which which client or which migration job I did that required that kind of formula. So I just started building this like knowledge base. Uh, I guess at some point I will stop using that and then uh, we'll rely on Copilot. Well, I like the idea of using Excel, using this in Excel to help me build pivot tables because I never remember how to build a pivot table. So yeah. to be able to tell it, you know, build a pivot table from this data based on these attributes will be awesome. Agreed. So, one so thing Mike, about... have you heard of other ways that you can use it in Microsoft Teams, um, especially in Teams meetings, to be able to help you as you're going through conversations? There's one thing that is a new feature uh, or part of the Copilot is called Business Chat which is not your team's chat, not your searching in your teams for specific keywords, whether it's coming from a chat message or a conversation, but you can go and ask uh, Copilot to summarize uh, documents or messages from a project or from a specific team or from a specific uh, with different people. And it brings all those emails and the chat messages or any documentations together for you. So rather than, again, we live in this world where sometimes we don't remember which communication pathway we use, whether it was an email or I've stored something in a, in a Teams channel, I've, I've talked to someone Teams chat or a chat. Uh, sometimes we get lost, we don't remember where we did this. So this is actually really, really powerful that it can bring that information back to you. 
Well, I love the idea of being able to use it to ask it, like, what's the next milestone in this project? What are the risks, the current risks in this project, right? So I don't have to go hunt for that. I can just ask it and it <clears throat> finds it for me. Right. It'll make for meeting organizers the um, the creation of meeting notes so much easier because we've all been there where we're running the meeting and then we're trying to take effective meeting notes. And then you have that awkward pause while you yep. say, hold on, I'm typing um, yep. because you want to be able to get something down clearly. Uh, and I think it'll make that kind of a situation so much easier. And then they've also. Go ahead, sir. I was also going to say that they're bringing, they've said that they're going to bring Copilot to Microsoft Viva. So one of the specific things that they've already talked about, and I'm actually really excited about this, um, bringing Copilot into things like Viva Engage, where they're going to enable things like in the example that they gave, which I think is a crucial one, it's helping leaders to um, create Viva Engage posts um, using uh, their words, insightful conversation starters. And I think that this is a wonderful opportunity to help uh, to help start creating rich Viva Engage messages um, that maybe include things like charts or images or multimedia or uh, Viva Engage stories um, and things like that. I think it's going to really help to um, have leaders and people who sometimes may want to post in Viva Engage, but maybe are, um, you know, suffer from nervousness about getting started with how do I start drafting that message? I'm curious to see how um, uh, Microsoft 365 Copilot um, captures our voice. So when we write, we write in a particular voice, right? Like I have my voice, you guys have your own. And I'm curious to see how well it represents our own voice when it's writing, which goes beyond what we were saying earlier of, you know, make it more formal, make it uh, more um, casual. Um, I'm wondering how it's going to do in actually capturing our voice. Because um, one thing that was interesting that was in the announcements and it's in some of the documentation, that the little documentation that's released so far is that, the uh, large language models are not trained based on the content in your tenant. So it'll be interesting to see how the language models either maybe they don't make use of your your writing voice or maybe they do and they learn over time. So I'm really curious to see how the models evolve over time once we start using them in our own tenants. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I've certainly point. heard feedback from others where they're concerned that everything is what people produce in terms of whether it's um, emails, Word documents, uh, Teams, channel messages, Viva Engage posts, that it's all going to sound like AI. It's all going to sound um, singular flavored, if you will. Uh, and I think that if people leverage it to just create content and push content, I think that there might be some degree of that versus I think other people will use it as a starting point, refine from there, and then make it their own. I think we're going to see a range. Yeah, I think so. And then one thing that we, we should mention that with the co-pilot, at least in M365, it respects the security and the access that you have and the permissions. It's not like it's going to go and hunt for information and display that information for you for things that you don't have access to it. So utilizing the Microsoft Graph, what you're getting is the information you already have access to. It's just going and gathering that information for you. Which sounds great. 
as long as it doesn't behave like Microsoft Delve did, yes. where it suddenly revealed permission issues that people had all around their tenants, right? Like right. you remember Delve for yeah. most of our customers was one of the first things that they wanted turned off because it's like, it's showing documents you don't have access to. And then you explain them, no, actually you do have access to this. And all it was doing was revealing permission issues that they had. So right. hopefully, one thing we don't know yet, I think you're, you're kind of, it, it's important to talk about is we don't know what sort of controls are available around it yet. Um, the one that you mentioned, Mike, I think absolutely is there. Probably if you don't have access to the content, it's not going to pull from that content. However, it'll be helpful when Microsoft does release information on what sort of security and governance controls are available on. And if it's if you're creating a PowerPoint document or a Word document and you're pulling in charts and graphs from another document, um, we don't know enough to know yet. Let's say I create a Word document, I pull in a chart or a graph from another document. Let's say the two of you don't have access to the document that that chart is in. We don't know what that's going to do in terms of permissions to the Word document. I use Copilot to help me create. Um, I don't think we know enough to know how it's going to respect those kinds of permission barriers with embedding content in other content. Very true. And I don't think we know for sure yet whether it's going to be on by default or you have to turn it on, but I think we suspect that it will be off by default and you'll have to turn it on. Yeah, I um, think so. I suspect it will be, uh, and here's why, because we were talking about this a little bit before we recorded, and one of the Microsoft news announcements, they share that in the coming months that they'll be sharing new controls for IT admins so they can plan with confidence to enable Copilot across their yeah. orgs. And that leads me to believe that it will be disabled by default, but that's a guess. Yes, yeah. And uh, what else don't we know? We don't know what licenses are needed to make use of it. Yeah. No. So I, I mean, it's coming and landing. That's right. That's right. Um, Sarah, I think you were saying that Microsoft announced that they're using it with what, 20 customers right now. They're testing it with 20 customers. So yes. it's still in private preview, it feels like. But um, certainly a lot of announcements and news around it. So I think a lot of people are very excited to get their hands on it. Yeah, in a relatively small private preview, they have, um, at least I believe that they're going to be expanding the preview to additional customers before they release it. And we did literally just check the roadmap uh, before we recorded, and there's nothing about Copilot in the Microsoft roadmap as of this recording. So yeah. much more to come. Watch your Microsoft roadmap for updates on it. The other part of this I wanted to touch on a little bit is earlier this week, um, Microsoft announced a Microsoft Security Copilot as well, uh, which is really designed at security operations teams, right, or SecOps teams, where in a SecOps team, you usually have different levels of analysts, and you might have incident response people, and you might have um, um, uh, malware reverse engineers, people that reverse engineer malware, and so on, and security researchers. And um, the demos of Microsoft Security Pilot were really impressive, where um, it's pulling signals, let's like use the word signals, it's pulling signals from Azure Sentinel and Microsoft Defender and other security signals that the Microsoft tools are capturing, and then allows you to ask questions. So if you're a SecOps um, analyst and you see an incident, you can ask it, you know, um, uh, give me a summary of all the locations where we've seen this incident happen. Or 
help me reverse engineer this malware and it will actually go in and analyze the malware and there's likely a limitation about it right now but it'll actually do a really good job of um, reverse engineering the malware and actually creating a diagram for you around what the malware does and what it connects to and so on so that was a really interesting announcement cool. and demo to see that's very cool yeah yeah it also lets you um when you're in a secops team the sharing of information across the different secops analysts is really important as well so being able to store that in a what they call a prompt book um, where you can store the prompts of what you asked and you can store the responses as well and that gets shared with the rest of the secops team is really helpful because you can instantly um you know information that it found or provided share it with the rest of the team who might be you know, it might impact their analysis of another incident or the same one that you're working with. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I, I feel ahead, like sorry. we can't, if we're going to talk about Microsoft Copilot, and again, it's it's always fun because we talk before we start recording. And one of the things that we were talking about was this whole idea of not only building, but using AI responsibly. And we have kind of an interesting dialogue about that. What are your thoughts about Copilot? And when we're talking about AI, the natural, uh, pun not intended, but evolutionary conversation about using it for good or with ethical controls. I think one thing that's going to become a big topic uh, in the coming months is um, governance around AI, having compliance controls around AI, people wanting to audit an organization's usage of AI, or they'll want to understand at a very deep level what Microsoft's co-pilot solutions and AI, what they actually do and what data they access and what kind of controls are available and you can turn on and can't turn on and um, where the algorithms access data and the impact of privacy. I think that is going to become a really big topic. Yeah, I think, well, Microsoft had developed a while ago AI principles or responsible AI standards. And I think, well, it's going to adhere to those, but they're going to be evolving as well. Uh, the more use of AI, there are things that are going to be missed today, they're going to be missed tomorrow. So those standards will evolve to keep that responsibility to do good AI, not bad AI. the idea i can't remember who said it the idea of people self-policing themselves of ai is not going to be sufficient for most organizations right. right that's why we have controls because people generally aren't great at self-policing or people have different opinions about what they should police and mm -hmm. police. so i think a lot of larger to medium-sized companies and governments public sector organizations are going to want a lot of controls in place around this kind of thing. I think so, and I think it's going to drive a lot of active debate, uh, depending on the um, vertical that your organization is in, uh, whether it's a global company, whether um, and and frankly, even people in different regions are going to have very different perspectives on right. this type of thing. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this is leveraged um 
I'll give you an example, even in, and this isn't necessarily, well, it is a little bit AI focused, even in our organization, just to turn on transcription for Teams meetings was a massive undertaking. And I don't think we've fully gotten through it yet of understanding what Microsoft says are AI capabilities within transcription to, you know, denote people's voices and extract text and, and create those transcriptions because Microsoft in their documentation talks about it as leveraging AI and machine learning to, to do this. Well, you know, our European offices want to understand at a deep level, how is that actually done? Where's the data stored? What algorithms are used? So we're still trying to get through just to turn on transcription, let alone something like Copilot. Exactly. Good point, very good point. I even, uh, it makes me think back to previous eras uh, in my career where I remember this idea of even having a profile picture of yourself for many mm -hmm. organizations, including organizations that I worked with, this was a huge deal because people said, how are we going to police the images that people would use? What if they upload a cat picture instead of a picture of themselves? It'll be you know, chaos. Um, how do we know that our employees are going to do something um, good with that capability and when you think about something like that which seems like a very small narrow scope it was a big deal back in the day to something like this it's 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 huge yeah a lot of implications to think about but i think we see a lot of value coming out of at least some, a lot of excitement and a lot of value coming out of these co-pilot solutions being added to microsoft 365 and then microsoft security as well Great discussion. Okay. Yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Yeah. Um, we're looking forward to hearing a lot more about Microsoft Copilot and uh, hopefully to talk about it more in a future podcast episode. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.